Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, we're recording this on 2-2-22. We're going to try to do it at 2-22. We talked too long before we started, and uh, we missed that. But, you know, we're going to try to make up for it. How are you doing today? Good. Yeah, just got back from vacation, so getting a little bit more uh, stuff under my feet and getting ready for a busy weekend up ahead. Yeah, there's a lot going on. You were able to cover quite a few events before you um, headed off to Vegas for a couple of days. So we'll talk about a couple of events from last week. Um, I've also been to some college events over the weekend and last night. Um, so we'll discuss those a bit too throughout and then get you a little bit of a glimpse into next week. And then also um, what's coming up on the weekend where there's some big, big events that are going to be going down around here. But where do we want to start? Probably boys basketball. I know we were both at a game last Thursday for Sartell and Tech, um, and that was a really good one. Do you want to start there? Yeah, no, definitely a, a fun one to uh, to go see. I know you and I were kind of talking about it in our last podcast, about how excited we are about that matchup just with, you know, Mason Lund and um, Donald Ferguson III, uh, both of them being named to the watch list for Mr. Basketball um, for Minnesota. And, Definitely put on a performance, to say the least. Uh, Sartell was able to, you know, squeak out the victory with a 74-68 to victory. Um, Kind of not the best um, performance for both Ferguson brothers. I mean, just in the sense that I think the mentality after talking to Mason um, after the win, he kind of said that their strategy was they wanted to kind of contain those two, just knowing how good they are. Obviously, you need to stop them to make, tech a little bit um you know jumbled up and trying to figure out what the next strategy is so at the beginning in the first half they were able to do that um stopped on for a little while i think he had maybe five points overall tamarin kind of stepped up a little bit in that first half and got nine points and then it kind of seemed like it was the reverse they were able to stop tamarin in the second half and then don kind of went on fire he finished with 27 points overall um two rebounds one assist three steals um, and Tamron really didn't exist in the second half, honestly. Um, he got some steals, but he didn't really put any points up um, in that second half. And so I think the fact that they were able to contain each of them for at least a half definitely helped with them getting that lead and kind of taking over um, in that sense. Yeah, no, that was that was a big factor. And just especially Tech, you know, they hurry teams up and Sartell, they got off to a, a, a pretty big lead. Tech had a pretty tough start to the game, um, it seemed like. And then they got right back into it. They made Sartell turn the ball over, you know, two, three, four times in a row. And that's usually when a lot of teams unravel against Tech and Tech goes up five, ten points. But they managed to maintain it and still hit some big shots in key moments. You know, Mason hit a couple threes here and there. Um, Logan Clark had a really big dunk that kind of seemed to swing the momentum in the first half, too. And then um, Evan Templin, who was one of the biggest factors to me in this game, because, yeah, Mason, I mean, he did get 30 points and 15 rebounds, which he's <laughs> done a lot of times this year. Um, but for Evan to, you know, have over 20 points, uh, four rebounds, he hit a, he was almost automatic from the free throw line in some really key moments, too. Um, and was just another weapon that when they were trying to double Mason, you know, that that other side of the quarter, those off ball movements, they got a ton of just easy backdoor cuts. And, you know, easy baskets in the paint when other people penetrated. I mean, they just were really doing the smart things on offense. And, you know, they they showed a lot to me in this game because, yeah, Tech did 
really come back. Like you mentioned, Don was just on fire the second half. He had, you know, in just a couple minutes times, he had three fast break dunks too that just like com- seemed like they were going to completely swing the momentum as well in Tech's favor for the rest of the game. But Sartell just, they kind of kept their composure. They made the plays when they needed to, and they went on a nice little run to to hold on for that win. So this was a really electric atmosphere, especially for a game, you know, in January against two teams that aren't by any means, you know, historical rivals, for, you know, especially at least the last couple of years, just from where the, the programs have been. So for it to be kind of this um, good of a game, I think was, was really impressive to me. It was really fun. It felt like a section game when really it was just kind of middle of the regular season game. But I think just having those two big names, those two players that have led the team and both of them putting up nearly 30 points, that just kind of added to the whole dynamic of the night. No, absolutely. And and I think the big thing that I took away from it, um, talking to Marcus, their head coach afterwards, I mean, the big part was Evan at the end with with the free throws. I mean, he I think he made probably over three-fourths of his points were from the free throw line. Um, I mean, he was hitting everything from the free throw line. And towards the end, obviously, Tech was trying to foul, and they gave the ball to Evan basically every single time because they knew that he was going to be able to knock it down. So um, that was a big component. Mason... That was the first time that I ever I saw him this season. He is probably the most exquisite shooter that I've seen in a while. I mean, when he shoots a three, it just like looks like magic. I mean, it's he just has such a nice um, release and a nice just jump shot. I mean, it's just pure and and awesome to see. So um, a lot of fun to watch him because I know um, I saw him last year and just the development over the season. You can definitely see. Um, that there there was a lot of work being done on his on his craft, and then finally, the other part of it was just the defensive side. I mean, Sartell has only allowed over seventy points, seventy or more points in a game. I think it I think it looks like three times um, this season, and so that just kind of shows you what Sartell's defense is capable of doing. And if you have Sartell's offense, where you know you can score. 70 points a game or 80 points a game that's huge i mean just having that that difference where you know that the team's going to be able to get you you know the defense is going to be able to contain them for 50 60 points if you hit that 70 mark more than likely you're going to get a win i mean that's that's massive when it comes to just your mindset of playing the game um so i think that was a big component but i know we just heard news yesterday from and you were able to break it a little bit Maybe talk about kind of that news and just how that shapes Sartell's roster now. Yeah, you know, it changes things a bit <clears throat> with with Monday being where Mason, he, you know, he was 10 points short of 1,000 points. He surpassed that with 19 points against Ricori, but they, you know, did lose to Ricori. They were upset 64 to 60 at home. Um, and, he, you know, Mason, he played most of that game with what they kind of thought was an ankle injury at the time. His dad told me, you know, yesterday that, it was an ovulsion fracture of his fibula, so they think that'll be probably about three to four weeks. Any faster isn't extremely likely. So, And that's about how long the regular season is left. They have nine games left in the regular season. Um, so even if you know does come back, I would assume he would try to come back for sections. Um, but then you know, you don't even know if he'll, he'll be at full strength or what that's going to look like. So that kind of adds a big question mark because he's been playing nearly – you know, all 38 minutes, almost every time that I've seen them this year. And it seems like throughout the year, and he's been, you know, playing a ton for them his sophomore year, his junior year too. So he's logged a lot of minutes. So to all of a sudden have that 
gap is going to be big. And last year when Sartell had a pretty good start and then they kind of spiraled a little bit was when he was gone for two or three weeks because of kind of some COVID protocols and different things. Um, so they didn't have him and then they never really seemed to get back in their groove. So that's going to be kind of their biggest thing to focus on here is who can step up in his absence, but also not let, you know, a couple losses creep in or even when he does come back, them still be off. So, I, I mean, it gives a lot of people good opportunities. They've got some good performances off the bench in games here and there from, you know, different individuals throughout the year. Parker Knutson has big, has had big games. Other guys have stepped up in moments. Um, they'll kind of need need to have more of that as well. So it, it's a big opportunity for other people. It's, I mean, but it's it's a big loss for the Sabres, and they're going to kind of have to see what that looks like over the next coming weeks. Absolutely. So hopefully a speedy recovery for Mason as he gets through this fracture, um, and hopefully we can see him in section tournament for sure. Um, kind of speaking to that Ricori game that you were talking about, um, got that 64-60 to 60 win against Sartell. Jack, Jack Bowes, phenomenal game for him. 37 points, two rebounds, four assists, two steals. Carter Thompson also helped out with 10 points and six rebounds. Um, this is kind of something that we've been seeing over the season with, with Jack. Uh, obviously, Jack Spanier is kind of one of their leaders as well. But I know Spanier has been out a couple of games, and Jack Bowes kind of stepped up into that role, took over that guard role. And um, I know when I saw him play against Sock Rapids Rice, a really good ball handler. You can kind of see that that position just kind of fits him naturally. And obviously he showed it on, on Monday night against Sartell, getting that really nice performance and being able to get a nice win for the Spartans. I'm sure it's kind of a nice little um, momentum boost for him um, and this for this team as they kind of look to try and get that winning streak going, um, especially with only you know three weeks left of this regular season. Yeah, and I... I know they've been missing a couple guys the last game's just two. So for, for him to step up like that is huge. And the biggest thing besides the 37 points, he also, you know, hit uh, hit eight of 10 three-pointers, which is insane. Um, so that's that's a big factor. But the other thing is that the previous game, um, when they lost to Apollo 42 to 50, he was only one of 14 shooting um, with five points. So to come back later that, you know, just four days later to bounce back from you know, about as tough of a shooting night as you can have and then just be basically unstoppable from beyond the arc the next game, you know, that, that shows a lot of mental fortitude as well. So to see that step up for a younger player too, um, you know, an underclassman is really key and that's something they're going to be able to rely on for, you know, the coming years as well. And that's that's a really huge performance. You don't see 37 points too often um, around here. It's, it's a pretty rare thing. So to see that was was really cool too as they kind of ended a couple game losing streak like you said trying to string together a couple wins in a row yeah no definitely and one other team that's kind of on a little bit of a hot streak is apollo they currently just won the last couple of games got that win like you said against Rikori, 50 to 42 um you know hassan dumba he finished with 14 points and 11 rebounds he also had isaiah washington with 11 points and 11 rebounds thomas Dew had six points and 13 rebounds so some good performances by them kind of it looked like kind of winning that rebound battle um, with three guys and double figures for rebounds. And then, you know, just recently played Fergus Falls on Monday, got the 64 to 50 win. Um, a handful of different guys being able to contribute um, to that game. Um, you know, Thomas Dew having 15 points, Isaiah Washington having 11 points, um, different guys like that. So, 
just a really good performance by him um, or by by the team and um, definitely something that I know they were kind of hoping to get sooner than later. Um, it's been kind of a rough start for the the Eagles to start off this season and um, being able to get these first couple or these these last couple of wins, I'm sure kind of, you know, gets them ready for this February month. Yeah, and one other St. Cloud school that has also been on a you know even bigger hot streak is Ben Cathedral after they kind of had a slow start to the year two. You know, I think they only won two of their or three of their first about uh, you know, nine, ten games, but since then they've won six of their last seven. Um, I think it's also helped too that they were on the road a ton to start the year. They're finally getting a nice stretch of home games and they're really taking advantage of it. Um, they just won sixty one to thirty six over Zimmerman on Monday. Um, and they've also picked up some other good conference wins against Foley, uh, Mora, Piers over the last couple of weeks. And their only loss was to Pequot Lakes by six, who is a top 10 team. So they've been showing a lot, too. They also have, let's see, six more home games coming in, up in a row. Um, so they're going to get a lot more chances to to pick up some big ones. I, You know, a big one that'll be fun to see, I think, in a couple of weeks is um, Albany, who... They just had about an eight-game win streak snapped with a loss to Melrose, but they've still been playing really well. And on Friday, February 18th, both of those teams will play, and that's going to be Cathedral's last game of that six-game home stretch. So that's one to definitely keep an eye on, too. But the Crusaders have been taking some big strides. It seems like any mixture of kind of four guys of either Max or Tommy Pfeiffer and then as well Jordan Schumann and Emmanuel Kutsera, all of them have been leading scorers in different games. It seems like they have pretty well-rounded team there with any guy that can kind of, you know, go off on a big night. So that'll be, that'll be huge as well. But, you know, thought I'd give them some props too, because they've, they've been making a nice run. Well, and with a new brand new head coach with Mike Sand, I mean, you kind of, you don't really know what to expect with new coaches. And uh, I mean, talking to him when he first accepted this job, he kind of said, you know, I want to have a fast paced offense. I want to have a bunch of different guys being able to score. And it seems like that's the case. I mean, you got, like you said, every single night is kind of someone else that's on that leaderboard, but consistent play by all of them. So I think, I mean, it's it's really nice to see. And um, yeah, I think that Albany Cathedral game is going to look better and better as we get as we get closer to uh, to that matchup. And then moving to girls basketball, um, I know Friday before you headed off on vacation, you got to see Albany play again. You've seen them play a couple times this year um, and this one was a really good one for them. We, we kind of expected this to be, I would say, a bit of a closer game since they were playing Foley, who was kind of right near the top of their section standings as well. But, um, you know, just looking at the scoreline, 71 to 33, clearly it didn't play out that way. What, what were kind of the big factors here? What, what did you really take away from this win for the Huskies? I was kind of taken back by this game. I mean, like you said, I was expecting it to be very close. Um, Albany being the number one seed in Section 6AA, Foley being the number two seed and then Sox Center being the three seed. Albany lost to Sox Center. So I was, I mean, I was kind of expecting Foley, this Foley Albany game to kind of be, you know, is Albany going to stay at number one or are they going to drop? Um, because they already lost to the number three seed. Um, and now, you know, if they lose against the number two, well, you know, it's not looking really good. But Albany just came out firing. I mean, their their main thing was, was they just wanted to, get the ball moving. They wanted to score fast break points. They wanted to get the ball in transition. They didn't really want to be sitting there with, you know, the ball and, and, you know, trying to pass it around to different people. The other big part was, was just the play of everyone. I mean, Alyssa Sand led the team with 17 points and five rebounds. 
Um, Kylan Garrods, she she finished with 13 points and 15 rebounds, four steals. Um, Maddie Herkinoff, I mean, she got into a little bit of foul trouble, but she was also looking really good. And then you have, you know, Bailey Kesky as as their um, as their guard and as their point guard, and she knows how to kind of handle all, all of the different types of plays and what to expect and all this other stuff. So, I mean, everyone just kind of contributed, and and that's what they've been doing all season long. Um, and it's led to them having this much success throughout the early part of the season. Um, so, I mean, overall, it's just it's been a lot of fun to to watch. And um, yeah, that game. I was looking at the scoreboard and I'm like, wow, I just wouldn't expect that. I mean, they play Foley at the end of February um, at Foley. Um, and that one I would expect to to have it be a little bit closer. I'm sure Foley's not happy about that result. Um, but right now you look at what they're capable of doing and, yeah, I'm, I'm putting them as the number one seed for this section. They look like they can probably make it through anybody. They played Sox Center, but they played them really early when they were first trying to kind of figure out what was working well for them. So I wouldn't, and they only lost by two. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was a blowout or anything like that. So I would say the Huskies are kind of my my eye of getting that number one seed and probably being the favorites as you head into that section tournament. Yeah, it is. It's almost too bad that they did play so early and they don't play again during the regular season because it could be totally a different game at this point or well, especially it'll probably be, I believe that game was on the road at Sox Center. Um, and, you know, this will probably be at a neutral site like St. Cloud State or something when when we get into March. So a lot of things could change. Those two teams have had some really good games in recent years in section championships and in the section playoffs basically every year in that section. So that is the case. It wouldn't be, you know, too surprising, but it, it would still be really fun to see another edition of, of kind of that rivalry. So, yeah, I think that, I think that's going to be key. But from what um, we've seen, Albany kind of they seem to be the team with probably the best, you know, prospects at maybe a section championship or a high seed uh, so far this winter for girls basketball. Yeah, the other team that was kind of on the run was um, was Sartell. They they were they had a really nice game um, a couple or like a week ago, and they were looking like you know I think they were twelve and three, but they were going into a tough stretch that you know the girls knew that it was going to be a tough stretch for sure. Um, and so far, they've they're playing kind of their two, three top teams all on the road, and then they're playing Cathedral at home, and then they go play Rogers, which is a huge section opponent at home as well. So it's kind of a five game stretch where it's like you pretty much know that maybe one of them you're going to get a win, but the other four is kind of up in the air. Um, and they started off on Friday night. They lost to Fergus Falls 55 to 46. Um, seemed like a really close game um, kind of heading into that second half. But then the Otters went on a 15 to zero run over the next four minutes between six to four minutes left in the game and was able to kind of dominate and take control of that game. And then, you know, you head into Monday um, and they played Brainerd, a really close game. Brainerd won 48 to 47 on the road back and forth in that first half. Um, and then the Sabres kind of went out to a lead. Warriors came back and kind of took over, um, and they battled back before falling. Um, but Megan Dristy had 16 points. Emily Crandall had 11 points. That was kind of one team where you kind of thought, you know, depending on how this stretch went, it would really tell you kind of where they're at when it comes to, obviously they're making that jump to, to, four, or, um, to 4A, but, I mean, that's kind of, 
I mean, that's obviously a very difficult task when you're facing off against the St. Michaels and the Rogers of the world. But I mean, when it came to this particular stretch, this was kind of do or die in the sense of whether or not you were going to win a conference title. And right now it's not looking so good, but um, they play Wilmer next um, and then, you know, get ready for Cathedral and Rogers next week. But uh, very close games, but obviously hoping to kind of be on the other side of it. And yeah, you know, these performances, it kind of reminds me of last year when I remember when I was doing previews earlier this year for girls basketball, looking back at their results from last season that they were able to, you know, beat the lower teams in the conference by a ton of points. And then they usually kind of fell short of all those top teams in the conference. So they're kind of in that middle ground and trying to make a, a leap up and they're just coming up a little short right now. And even, you know, in these games, they only allowed, you know, 55 and 48 points in their defense is obviously the big thing they pride themselves on. But when you're only scoring about, you know, 46, 47 points, that's that's going to be really tough to beat even when your defense is that good um, in high school girls basketball. So, that you know, I'm sure seeing a couple more threes go down, like a couple games we've seen from them this year when they're more in the 60s, 70s, what they're hoping for. It's kind of tough sometimes to do against those really good teams. But like you said, they have a couple opportunities coming up. Wilmer is above them in the conference standings as well, who they're going to be playing. Um, and then those other games will be key to try to, you know, position themselves well for sections, be able to have a home game, make their path, you know, a little bit easier will, will be really big for, um, their first time up in 4A. So, I mean, they're, they're competing with these top teams. They're showing they can do it. They just need to kind of, um, you know, find that little extra bit to, to make sure they can pull out those wins. Definitely. And just to kind of round out the rest of the girls' basketball scores, um, Thursday, Ricori was able to get back in the win column after a very lengthy losing streak that I knew that they, I know that they wanted to snap. Um, they snapped it on Thursday, winning 80 to 33 against Aiken um, on Thursday night, and then Friday, St. Cloud won 62 to 60 over Sock Rapids. Um, Sock Rapids' point leader was Courtney Paulson, 18 points, four rebounds, and Maya Righolt. Um, she finished with 17 points and seven rebounds. Um, Cathedral got a 60 to 32 win against Mora. Um, and then on Monday, Sock Rapids was able to get the 59 to 51 win against Big Lake. Courtney Paulson with 25 points and four rebounds. Um, Royalton beat Cathedral 53 to 45. And then Ricori was able to get the 70 to 63 win over St. Cloud to kind of wrap it up. So, um, not as many scores just because Tuesday was um, caucus night. So when it comes to kind of election political nights, usually there's not as many things that are um, put onto the schedule. So usually our Tuesdays are packed, but last night I kind of got to enjoy a night to myself a little bit, which was nice. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of the reason why there's not as many games going on this weekend or this past week. So, yeah, so that's kind of where, Boys and girls basketball sits. We've got to see a couple of um, those games, I'm sure, more in the coming weeks. But we're kind of getting to the point of the season where we probably won't be as many basketball games because we'll be starting to get to section tournaments of kind of everything else. Some of those other sports we've, we've stopped at once or twice, but really pick up this time of the year, which, you know, ones like dance, gymnastics coming up. And dance is one we'll talk about in the second half of the show as well that has, you know, some big section meets coming up. But that's kind of where the focus shifts to a little bit over these next few weeks as, as the regular season wraps up, but that'll about do it for the first half of the show. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, um, we're going to talk about 
section dance coming up where some of the teams are going to be performing, what the outlooks for state look like. And then we'll also get into a bit of um, some college football news um, and some other college aspects like hockey, basketball, some other things I've seen. So um, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, one quick plug before we kind of get back into to dance and also we're going to talk Nordic Ski too a bit um, is that Brian put up a, a story this afternoon. It'll come up by the time you're listening to this. It'll already be out on sctimes.com about all of uh, the college commitments. It was, you know, signing day for um, a lot of the different schools kind of choose today to be, especially when they kind of honor them all in one big ceremony. Um, and there's you know, division one, two, three, junior college, NAIA, kind of everything in between from our list of seven schools. So, um, you know, it's kind of impossible to to list them all here, but that's one place you can see all of them. And also Brian kind of put the different social media posts on Twitter and different places from, from these uh, schools as well and from the individuals. So I would advise you to kind of check that out if you're interested in where kind of the, all those people decided to, to play college athletics. So, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But um, big event this weekend. Um, well, it'll be in two different places, but will be section dance for a lot of our uh, local schools. We have St. Cloud and Sartell both competing, um, you know, a bit farther down at St. Michael Albertville on Friday night. And then we're going to have Sock Rapids has a home meet um, here. Well, home-ish meet, whatever you want to call it. They're hosting sections. And um, Albany and Ricori will also be there along with is it 13 other teams, Brian? There's 16 teams competing. Um, so that will be a pretty long day too, but there'll be a lot of performing there too. So um, can you just kind of tell the listeners who kind of some of the favorites are, you know, who's from what they've been doing throughout the year you feel might be primed to possibly kind of make a state appearance? Yeah, I mean, kind of a lot of changes in this um, dance world this year compared to last year. Last year, obviously, Ed Sartell, it's kind of funny. We were looking at some of the results before the season um, or before our, our podcast, and we were kind of talking about sections last year and who made it from sections. Um, and last year, the section, I think it was four AA. Um, Sartell was first, Cathedral was second, Recordia was third. And then it was kind of the opposite in, in um, the other side where it was Sartell first, um, Recordia second, Cathedral third. Well, now Sartell's gone up to double A or triple A and Cathedral's gone down to double or single A. So basically the only team that is go, that advanced the sections last year that will stay in the same section is Ricori. <laughs> so um, and then Sock Rapids will be heading down to double A, which is a, a change from last year because they were in triple A last year. So a lot of movement happening in, in the St. Cloud metro area regarding the different teams. Um, but. One thing that I will say is we will we will be busy at state dance. I can pretty much guarantee that um, unless something drastic happens um, over this weekend. But um, Sartell's been looking really good um, for Class AAA. Um, 
They, they along with St. Cloud, will be heading to St. Michael Albertville Friday night at 6 p.m. for their section meet. They're up against a handful of different teams, um, teams like Rogers, St. Michael Albertville, Osseo, Maple Grove, um, Champlain Park, Brainerd, who's a, also a Central Lakes um, Conference opponent, those different teams. Um, and so, I mean, they haven't really had like a big meet that has all of these different teams competing in one particular meet. So it's hard to kind of figure out where they lie. But I know Sartell definitely, um, from the sounds of it, talking to different coaches, talking to different dance members, um, Sartell definitely has a chance of possibly being in the top five at state. Um, and so it would shock me if they didn't make it to state this uh, at the section meet for both jazz and high kick. They've been looking really good this year. Their scores have just continuing to rise um, throughout the year. And um, it wouldn't shock me if they were able to get there um, for that. Another team that's looking really good. I don't know if they'll be able to get into that top three necessarily is St. Cloud. Um, big improvement from last year to this year, just in scores and such things like that. So Sue Arnold obviously doing a really good job as head coach over there, um, being able to kind of change that team dynamic. Um, and then the other section meet that's happening on Saturday at 11 a.m., like Zach said, at, at Saint, or at Sock Rapids Rice High School um, is the Class 4 AA um, dance, section dance meet. And uh, that kind of has, you know, local teams like Albany, Sock Rapids, and Ricori. Also has teams like Becker, who's kind of been in the running, um, Detroit Lakes as well. Um, and then Zimmerman, who's been looking pretty good too. So um, different people, but that's kind of an area where you don't really know what to expect because two of the teams that made it to sections last year aren't even in that section anymore. So um, they actually had a Monticello Invitational this past Saturday that kind of has the majority of the teams that are going to be competing in that particular um, section, and they all competed against each other. Sock Rapids took first, um, Becker took second, Detroit Lakes took third, and Recori took fourth in Jazz. And then in high kick, Becker took first, Sock Rapids took second, Recori took third, and Zimmerman took fourth. All of them kind of relatively close, so I'm sure it's going to be a battle for to get one of those top three spots to advance to st- state. Um, but it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if Sock Rapids made it to state just based on the scores that they've been putting up this pat or throughout this season recory kind of started off a little um a little tough but then now they've started they're starting to kind of get their groove going so um knowing recory and their tradition of dance it wouldn't surprise me if they you know kicked it into a high gear for section meet and was able to maybe slip in and get that three spot for you know for state um the top three teams for both jazz and for and for high kick make it to state so you can go to as you know for both categories you can also make it just for one um it doesn't really matter but um yeah it wouldn't surprise me if uh we have at least one team and then the other team that's not competing this weekend but will be competing next weekend on saturday what is it the 12th um they that will be cathedral they're heading out to melrose um to compete in section two single a um and cathedral's just been blowing competition out of the water um so it wouldn't surprise me if they made it for both jazz and high kick um out of that section so it looks like more than likely we're probably going to have people from or teams from sector class a class double a and class triple a 
So it was going to be a long day at Target Center on on that Friday and Saturday, the 18th and 19th. But uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to these next couple of days um, on Friday and Saturday for sections. Um, be fun to kind of see what they're able to do because I haven't seen them for a while um, since like early December when they first started competition. So, yeah, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. We also have tons of pictures from from both of those events on Friday and Saturday. So that's something to definitely um, look out for as well. And um, another sport that's kind of wrapping up the regular season, getting into the postseason here soon, um, is Nordic Ski, which the Central Lakes Conference Championship was held yesterday. You know, Brian, you mentioned that not many events were happening. This is one of the only events that um, did happen for high school yesterday. Um, and we, there were some pretty good performances from um, around the area on the boys' side. Sartell Cathedral was um, third out of six teams. And um, Jonathan Nemeth, he finished first in the freestyle boys race um, in a time of uh, 1146. So that was a good performance from him. And then on the girls side, Sartell Cathedral uh, was second out of six teams. And uh, Maddie Dockendorf was second in the classic individual race. And then uh, Lily Jamison and Lydia Knight combined to take second in the relay um, for Sartell Cathedral too. So they have quite a few um, different skiers that finished well. Violet Style was third in the in the classic race. Emma Jamison was third in the freestyle race. So um, they've definitely been the ones that have been having the most success as a team this year. Um, and we'll kind of see where that plays out for sections. But a pretty good, um, some pretty good results across the board, especially for Sartell uh, Cathedral yesterday. Yeah, no, it's looking really good for them. Um, I know Dave and I were out there a couple weeks ago, and you could definitely tell that they're getting ready for that uh, section push and trying to get some people to that state meet um, hopefully soon. And um, we'll kind of keep you posted on that. Um, But I think that kind of wraps up high school uh, coverage. As for college, I know, Zach, you've been busy kind of covering a bunch of different um, events over the last week. You even put out a feature story as well. Maybe just kind of talk a little bit about the feature story and then what else has been going on in the college world um, as of lately. Yeah, we'll start with the feature story because I've kind of been a curse from the games I've covered or watched, it seems like, <laughs> in the last week. We'll see if that changes this week. But last week, or the last couple of days, haven't gone too well for me. But for the feature story um, that you're mentioning, I wrote about um, he's was just playing for North Dakota for four years um, as an offensive lineman, as Matt Willetsko. He's a Ricori grad um, and has been starting all four years for North Dakota. And this week is actually um, competing at the Senior Bowl, which... Is kind of the place where the top seniors in the country in division, well, any division, but mostly division one, um, get to compete on kind of a national stage in front of scouts. It's televised. Um, the senior bowl game is televised on NFL network. So it's just a really big spot to kind of improve your draft stock and show that you can compete against, you know, the other top prospects from like, you know, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. Um, so, um, Matt got invited to this. He was kind of on a watch list from it. Before the year, he got invited, so he's. this will be their second of three days of practice, and then we'll be playing in the game on Saturday. And it, it's just a really good opportunity for him. He, I've seen some projections putting him around the fourth round of the NFL draft right now. That could you know, go drastically up or kind of stay the same, depending on how these couple days go. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see kind of what you know reports say, what scouts say, what different media outlets say in the next days to kind of see what impression um, he left or what impression he left on you know, some of these pro teams, but I would say the odds of him getting drafted are very good. Um, he was a really fun person to talk to. He had, you know, he had a 
an ACL tear his um, sophomore season. And for an offensive lineman, that's something that's really tough to to come back from. But it really made him a much better player. It sounds like he kind of even found a, you know, more, um, I guess, even desire inside, more reason to push um, and even became kind of a, a nastier, tougher player he was described as, which is really important as an offensive lineman, you know, in, in division one. So it's, it was really cool to talk to him. He's trying to be the the third Ricori player um, to ever play in the NFL. Obviously the, the most recent example is Eric Decker who was drafted in the third round. So that's the highest anyone's ever been drafted from them. We'll see if Matt goes higher. And then they also had one St. John's player in the eighties that played a season um, for the Vikings as an undrafted player. But otherwise there's never been anyone to make it to the NFL from Ricori. So It'll be no matter what, if he gets drafted, undrafted free agent, whatever happens, you know, he's made some really big steps and um, is a really great kid, too. So um, wish, wishing him the best and hopefully kind of this week goes well for him in the senior bowl to even improve that draft stock. Yeah, I've been seeing plenty of people from the Ricori area, you know, sending him good wishes and retweeting your story. And um, it's been kind of fun to see how that Ricori community really works together to to kind of give the best wishes to anybody um, when it comes to the different sports that they play. And um, yeah, it'd be fun. I would highly encourage anybody if they haven't read it yet, get on sctimes.com, um, give it a read um, while you're there, get a subscription um, and, you know, be able to read the rest of the stuff that's coming up here over the next course of the next month. Um, we'll have plenty of sections and state coverage and not sure whether or not that's going to be subscription only, or if it's going to be for metered, but um, regardless, just get a subscription so that you don't have to worry about it. Um, and then, you know, Zach has been working on the last couple of newsletters. Make sure to go out there and uh, go online, um, click on the newsletter option, and there should be a sports uh, newsletter that you can put your email in and be able to uh, sign up for that. Um, you'll get something every Thursday into your email account, and you'll be able to see what the latest stuff has been. Um, I'm sure this week, you know, Zach's feature story will be in there. Um, signing day, our podcast, all these different things usually are in there. So um, just kind of a good opportunity to to continue learning more about the St. Cloud sports coverage um, around this area. Um, but maybe let's kind of keep going with the college scene. Hockey, um, a little bit of a heartbreaker over at uh, Grand Forks last week. Uh, maybe just talk a little bit about that, as well as some other events that you've been seeing. I know went to girls hockey against UMD on, on Tuesday night. Um, and you got also another game coming up here tonight as well. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on for the men's hockey team. Yeah. It was a pretty tough weekend. They go up, um, just have a really tough performance, <clears throat> seven to one loss on Friday night, you know, didn't get the bounces. They made some pretty uncharacteristic mistakes as well. And against a good team like North Dakota on their home ice, you're, you're going to pay for that. So that was a tough result. They came back, played much better the next night, got up three to one, and then managed to let North Dakota come back, tie it three to three. <clears throat> and then they lost in a pretty dramatic shootout. You know, the first six shots missed total, got saved by goalies, and was a really um, high stake, high energy situation. It was really fun when I was watching on the stream, but they came up short in that one too. So only getting one point out of a possible six makes it really tough for for conference title hopes right now i think they're still sitting fifth which is a bit looks you know lower than you'd expect for a team that's you know kind of ranked around sixth seventh in the country 
they have another chance to, to pick up some big points this weekend. They head to Denver um, for a two-game series there who's at the top of the conference. So that'll be really big. That's kind of a, a series that got rescheduled because of those COVID pauses. So we'll see kind of how they bounce back. Um, you know, now they're going to have Brett Larson and then Sam Hendricks and Nick Perbix. They're all headed over to, to play in the Olympics, which Winter Olympics already start this week as well. Um, so they're going to be missing those pieces as well for this pretty key stretch of games. So I think it'll tell us a lot about, you know, kind of who can even step up a little bit or just they can maintain some of that earlier form during their winning streak, um, even just earlier this month. So there's a lot of tough teams in the conference and we'll kind of see how how they rebound from that. Yeah, no, I, I think that'll be really good to see them play uh, with the Team USA, um, you know, jerseys and, and such. And um, yeah, kind of unbelievable to think that Thursday, you know, tomorrow we, we already have opening ceremony. So um, yeah, I was watching a, a little bit. Um, I, I wasn't watching the game, but I was kind of looking at it on my phone while um, on Saturday night. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really nice game. Especially it kind of gave me a little bit of a deja vu from um, when they came to St. Cloud. Um, you know, obviously St. Cloud kind of handed it to them on that Friday night. And then Saturday kind of was a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a fight, but, um, but yeah, and, and maybe just talk a little bit about, um, you know, these last couple of days you went and saw UMD, well, St. Cloud play UMD, um, in girls hockey, kind of a little bit of a reschedule game for that. And then maybe, maybe kind of head us into, you know, what you're going to be doing this next cup, this next coming week. Yeah, it was a 5-1 to one win for um, Duluth last night. They're the number five ranked team in the country. It was going to be a tough task for St. Cloud State anyway. Um, they played pretty well through the first, I'd say, about 10 minutes or so, but then Duluth kind of really took the reins and and won this one. The, the main highlight for St. Cloud was freshman Dale Ross scoring her first career goal with about a minute or so left in the game, but you know, otherwise a, a pretty tough result. It came on the heels of last, um, last Friday there, the tie... Uh, number two ranked Wisconsin one to one at home and Emma Paluzny, their goalie, she um, for St. Cloud State, she saved 54 shots um, and was just incredible, kept them in that game. And that's the first time they've been able to even get a tie against Wisconsin in about five or six years. So, um, you know, they've they've been doing some nice things. They've had results like that. But last night was was kind of a tough one. And the in a similar vein of just kind of a tough loss was the the game I was at Saturday night for St. Cloud State men's basketball, where um, they were playing Southwest Minnesota State. There was, you know, a couple times where, um, you know, you thought they were going to be able to, to kind of pull out a win. They would go on nice runs. Um, they just came up a little short. They had a chance to win at the end of regulation, went to overtime. They also had a chance to win at the end of overtime and missed. And then in the second overtime, um, SMSU, they hit a couple threes and just really got up big and, didn't give St. Cloud State a chance to come back. And St. Cloud State, they played a rescheduled game last night, too, against Mankato. Kind of the same deal. They were up at halftime. Um, you know, let it slip away a little bit in that second half. Had a couple shots near the end. They got as close as a point, but came up just short. And right now, they're sitting right outside of the the 12 teams that make the conference tournament. In the past, it's been all 16 teams. This year, it's only 12 teams. And last time I looked, they were sitting in 13th. So, they're going to have to win a couple of games here down the stretch to to be able to, you know, make that conference tournament possibly go on a run to try to get, you know, a conference championship, an NCAA tournament bid, all of that. But that's going to have to mean them winning a couple of games here down the stretch, which has been tough to come by lately. But they're definitely capable of it with all these close games, all these high scoring games, kind of 80s, 90s, 
So we'll just kind of see if any of them go their way in the next few weeks. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I know um, a couple of heartbreakers there. And um, tonight, hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to change that around. So hopefully your luck will change a little bit. Um, last time you went to St. John's, it was um, not the greatest game, but hopefully that's <laughs> that that continue or that doesn't continue this time as you get ready for tonight's game. I know, yeah, I'm seeing hockey and basketball tomorrow night. I'll be seeing hockey. They had a tough two to one loss the last time I saw them, and then basketball they lost on a, you know, they had a chance to win at the buzzer too. They lost by one point to Augsburg. Um, so I'm seeing basketball tonight. They're gonna be playing. Um, Bethel so that we'll see kind of how they bounce back they should be pretty favored in that game um, and we'll see if if they can get a win because they still only have that one loss to Augsburg in conference they're they're still sitting right on the cusp of you know potentially winning a conference title they get to play Augsburg one more time um, on the road in a couple weeks so they kind of have to make sure they just keep winning out to maintain a chance for that and then hockey's also been on a run and they still have a chance to win a conference title too if they keep stringing wins together um they're going to have a big test, too. They play Concordia, who is one of the top teams in the conference. So they can win that series, even split that series, do well against Augsburg the following week. You know, they have a chance to do some pretty special things, too. So we'll see if my curse can end um, tonight or tomorrow night. I'm really hoping so to, to see a win. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier when you when you get a nice win on the board. But uh, definitely be checking out SD Times. Zach's been doing a lot of different photos um, had a really nice gallery last night um, with the SCSU women's hockey team. Um, so make sure to check out those photos. Um, he's also been putting out some nice stories as well, especially that feature story like we talked about before. Um, make sure to kind of keep your eyes peeled on that. Plenty of stories coming up ahead. Um, we have um, plenty of feature stories, some kind of surprising feature stories as well. Cathedral's doing their Hall of Fame this week, um, inducting a handful of different um former players and such that that were crusaders and um so we'll have some stories on that we also have some stories on some albany basketball players things like that that are going to be happening um, over this next week um and then as for me to kind of get to get ready for this upcoming week um tomorrow or tonight i have the night off tomorrow night i'm heading out to the mac um, as saint cloud boys hockey hosts river lakes um, for a fun, you know, Central Lakes rivalry game and kind of two local teams that we cover. Um, and then Friday, I'll be heading out to St. Michael, Albertville for the dance meet with uh, Sartell and St. Cloud. And then Saturday, I'll be heading out to Sock Rapids as uh, Sock Rapids hosts that section dance meet with Ricori and Albany as well. So um, kind of a busy upcoming couple of days and I would expect, you know, make sure to stay tuned to SC Times for all the coverage of Section Dance this upcoming weekend. We'll have plenty of stuff online right away, and it'll be in the paper later on. Um, so um, you will not get bored if you get to sctimes.com and, and check out um, any any of the tabs. So, Yep, and you know, like Brian mentioned, be at, and we talked about him, be at St. John's Games the next couple nights. Saw some St. Cloud State teams the last couple days, and next week I'm going to be seeing some St. Ben's teams. So trying to get around to all the colleges before these um, you know, postseason tournaments start, NCAAs start, see them a couple more times before that wraps up. So it'll be busy. Also be with uh, U.S. Section Dance on Saturday. So a lot coming up, a lot to, to keep an eye on in the next uh, <clears throat> couple days. But beyond that, I think that'll about wrap it up for today. So 
Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.